Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, we've been talking through um, finding God's plan, and we discussed about how we discover it, how we, uh, we, God takes us through brokenness, how we have to surrender, how we have to pray. Um, before we finish up this message today, uh, just want to remind about next week, Memorial Day is always a special day for us. And uh, we have so many people in our church that have served in our military and, and some of you who have lost friends, even family members. Uh, and so be sure to come next week. And in this service, uh, the uh, 1030 service next week, uh, we have a young man who, um, who is being baptized that is graduating from high school. And then he's going to be leaving for the military uh, in the, in the, within the month. And so I would like for all of our veterans and current serving military to come and pray over him uh, before he heads out. And so that's a privilege we have. And if you can still get in your uniforms, wear your uniforms. Uh, so we'd love for you to do that. We have a, special, a lot of special things happening in the service next week. So I hope you plan on being there. You know, normally I don't talk about uh, my family's wealth and uh, it's, you know, it's just not appropriate. Um, but I will say my inheritance is, is insane. And my family's wealth is, it's really just beyond measure. And uh, in fact, I took a picture uh, of some of my, the inheritance I'm going to get just so you'll get a picture of it. So here's one of the pictures of some of the stuff I'm going to be inheriting. And uh, I wanted you to, to have a look at that. So uh, here's the first one. Yeah. Um, so I'm inheriting this. And um, I, I, you didn't know I was adopted. I was adopted when I was eight years old. I was adopted into God's family. I became one of his kids. And because I'm one of his kids, I'm an heir with Christ. And so this is my inheritance. You know, the Bible tells me this. I get to inherit all of this. And, uh, and this is, you know, I, I mean, you, it's going to be really cool having all this. And, and the inheritance I'm getting from my adopted family is going to last for eternity. You know, anything I get from my earthly family, it goes away, right? It's very temporary. This inheritance is beyond measure. You, you could take Elon Musk, you could take Bill Gates, you could take Warren Buffett, and, and all these other guys, and you can add all their resources together, and they would all be paupers compared to the wealth that as believers you and I are going to inherit. <clears throat> In fact, the day they die, that wealth is gone from them. They have it no longer. And if anybody who dies without Christ... They could have billions and billions of dollars and they'd be glad to give every penny of that just for one cup of water if they die without Jesus. But you and I, as adopted children of God, we have an inheritance that's it's out of this world. Literally, it's the whole universe. Listen to what Romans eight seventeen says. And since we are his children, adopted children, 
We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. And this is all part of God's glory. Everything that you see in the universe, it's part of God's glory. Unbelievable. Beyond measure. Beyond our imagination. Now, I'm also reminded in 1 John. So as, as we're, the reason I'm talking about this is we're going to talk about how we tap in to the ultimate power that allows us to find and do God's plan. So here we go. In 1 John chapter 2, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers, that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Now, there is a difference between enjoying and sharing the things of this world. He's not saying you cannot like anything in this world. You cannot uh, enjoy it. Absolutely, you can enjoy it. He, he gave us things for our pleasure. And so there's lots of things that we get to enjoy. There are lots of things that we, and we share with other people for enjoyment. But, now he, but what he is saying here, listen, you can enjoy it, but don't fall in love with it. I mean, if it becomes your passion, if it becomes your focus, you're going to have a hard time seeing my plan for your life. So, yeah, we can enjoy the things of this world. We can enjoy the fruit of our labor, but we don't fall in love with it. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving, a craving that can never be satisfied completely, a craving for physical pleasure. So now he's really kind of starting to define what we're not to fall in love with. A craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a craving for pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So here, here's how Jesus put it in John. Here's Jesus talking. He's actually praying to the Father. So he's talking to God, the Father. And so God the Son says to God the Father, I have given them, he's talking about his disciples, which now encompasses you if you're a follower of Christ. He said, I have given them the glory, the glory you gave me. You, God the Father, gave me. So they may be one as we are one. So my question to you is, do you want the stuff of this world or do you want the glory of God's world? Paul put it this way. He said, I, I want to know 
I, I want to experience. I, I want to know the depth. I, I want to know Christ and I want to experience. The, and here's the level of what he's wanting to know and experience. The mighty power that raised him from the dead. You see, if you really want to do God's will for your life, the power to do it is by understanding the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Because guess where that power is now? It's inside of you. It's there. If you're a believer, it's already there. Now, maybe you got it locked away somewhere, or maybe you're just unaware of its presence. But that power is there. So when I step back and look, you know, yesterday was my birthday. It was, there's a table out in the foyer for those who forgot my present. There's a table, we just stick it there. Now, yesterday, I turned 68. That was, that's insane. Next, in two weeks, I'm having my 50th high school reunion. That's crazy. It's just going to be a bunch of old people. And uh, I'm not even sure I want to go. Now, what's cool about my high school, all my high school buddies, a lot of, a lot of friends of mine in high school follow my son's uh, music career. And they, and and a lot of them go to his concerts. And so they're, you know, they're always saying things to me about that. And that's really cool. I appreciate that. Well, they called me, you know, the people that are organized the 50th party, they said, hey, we want you to have the prayer, you know, the, the prayer thing at, at, the, at the thing. I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, but I started thinking about, you know, what, what am I going to pray about? And I, and I started saying, you know, probably the first thing I need to do is apologize to everybody in the class. I said, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I said something to somebody in here that, you know, was wrong. I'm so, you know, I need to apologize to the, 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 uh, all the cheerleaders. Cause I did say, I didn't think we had very good looking cheerleaders one year. And, uh, <laughs> and the cheerleaders found out about it. And, and so I remember I was at a record store, you know, back when they had record stores and they had actual records at the record store. And, and I was in there and all of a sudden I felt a presence around me. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit, but it was about five or six cheerleaders. And they all surrounded me and they said, Don, we heard that you said that you didn't think we had very good looking cheerleaders this year. And I looked at them and I was, you know, I'm just going to accept this. I'm going to, I'm going to own up to it. And I stood there and I said, you know, I don't, I don't think I did say that. No, Uh, because I was thinking about surviving at that moment. I wanted to just get out of there alive. So I feel like probably in that prayer, I need to confess to them. Yeah, I did say that. I'm sorry. And, um, but you know, so often we want to, there's things in our past we just want to change and there are things we want to, you know, deal with and, and, And if I'm really going to experience the ultimate power so that I can fulfill God's plan for my life, I've got to deal with that. And I need to understand how that works so I'm not weighed down about the past. So Paul again said, I I really want to know Christ. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Now, here's a photo of the garden tomb, one one of two places where they believe Jesus was buried. And, uh, and I've been to both places, and guess what? Both places, the tomb's empty. Totally empty. I've been there. I've seen it. He's not there. 
and the power that raised him from the dead, that power that brought Jesus out of that tomb operates in your life today. And God wants you to experience that power. He wants you to know that power because that's how you can fulfill his plan for your life. Ephesians puts it this way. It says, don't be drunk with wine. And when you're drunk with something, that means it controls you. That's the essence of what it means to be drunks. Some outside thing is controlling you. And so if you're drunk with wine, you're controlled by the alcohol. He said, because that will ruin your life, right? I mean, getting drunk all the time doesn't help your life. It ruins your life. Instead, he says, be filled or drunk with the Holy Spirit. Again, that he, contr- he controls your life. And then you sing hymns and psalms and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. I mean, we worship together as God's people because we're filled with his presence. We're filled with his Holy Spirit. We are drunk on him. But, you know, there's a constant battle in you and me. Constant battle. Galatians puts it this way. The sinful nature, and we all have it, wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And if you're a believer, you have the spirit. He's inside of you. And the spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. It's almost like he's saying, you're not free to fulfill my purpose in your life because these battles are going on. So what's the solution? Well, part of the solution is when I realize the ultimate power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of me, that has power over this sinful nature. And either that's a truth or that's a lie. And I am willing to believe that's the truth. And and so the more I focus on that supernatural power that raised Jesus from the dead through the Holy Spirit that lives in me, instead of focusing on that sinful nature. I I mean, let's face it. If I focus on my sinful nature, I'm going to lose every time. Right? So are you. You're going to lose every time. And we all fight that. So Galatians 5.16, and then there's a verse in 1 Thessalonians. They, they kind of go together. Let's read 5.16. We're going back up a verse. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So how do I do that? Well, 1 Thessalonians tells me how I do that. Never stop praying. This is how you do Galatians 5.16. So I'm praying to the Holy Spirit inside of me. 
You're in charge. This life belongs to you. I want to live in your power, not mine, because it doesn't last. And every time I live in my power, I yield to my sinful cravings. So I want to live for your power. I want to live in your strength so that I will do what pleases the Father. Never stop praying. Just never stop. So if you want to change your past, that's the good news about Jesus. That's what his resurrection was all about. Ephesians 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, which, by the way, is part of your inheritance. The heavenly realms. Every time you read something about the things outside this world in Scripture, that's part of your inheritance. You're not going to be a guest there. You're going to be a co-heir with Jesus. So his power, it'll do a couple of things. His power will cancel your past failures. Until I deal with my past failures, I I in no way can focus on what God wants me to do with my life. And it's his power that canceled my past failures. Now, counseling your past failures does not mean to pretend like they never happened. It means they've been eliminated, neutralized, offset. They've been dealt with. I mean, we all have things that we regret. We all have things that we have regretted in our life. And Jesus' power cancels that state of regret. And you can stop saying, if only I hadn't done that. If only I had done this. If only I had chosen differently. Jesus knows your past, and he he does not want to rub it in. He rubbed it out. Now, knowledge, knowledge gives you power. So understanding this about Jesus, understanding this about the Holy Spirit, that's where you get your power from. In Colossians 2, it says you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He did that for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. He wrote paid in full across those charges. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. And that's why Romans 8.1 is true. So now there is no condemnation. No guilt. For those who belong to Christ Jesus. So his power that lives in you canceled your past failures. 
But another thing that his power did, it will conquer your current problems. The things you're dealing with now. Every one of us have problems. <laughs> we all have got them. It's part of our life. And, and, uh, and our real problem is what do we do with our problems? You, you see, most of us, we, we try to handle it ourselves. And that can work for a while, but usually it comes back. You can always muster up enough energy and strength and discipline to stop doing something that you shouldn't be doing. You, you can always do that, but it never lasts, right? It keeps coming back. That's why I need to tap in to his power. When we try to solve our problems at our own strength, we're always going to be disappointed. And we just get sick and tired of being sick and tired all the time. You see, Jesus' power paid for something that I couldn't pay for. Romans 8 says, can anything ever separate us from God's love? And the answer is no. Does it mean that he no longer loves us if I have trouble or calamity? If, if I struggle today, if I do that same old thing again today, does that mean he doesn't love me anymore? Uh, absolutely not. Or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. He said, no, despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You know, I talk to people all the time who feel like their lives are out of control Sometimes they feel like they're just victim of circumstances and the circumstances are smothering them. And usually I take them to a verse like this. Second Corinthians says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Romans 12 reminds me, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And how does he do that? By changing the way you think. Because how you think determines how you feel, determines how you act. It always starts up here with a thought. And when Jesus comes in your life, he will change the way you think. And then he says, then you will learn to know God. Oh, here it is. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And if this is the whole purpose of this whole series, maybe we need to read that verse again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good pleasing and perfect here's one last thought the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power will change your future. It, it'll change your past. It'll change your today. 
It'll change your tomorrow. Romans 8, yet we, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Uh, you remember the illustration with the rope? Where the rope just never ends, and that represents eternity. But at the beginning of the rope is that little colored piece right there. I had it in green tape, I think. And that little green tape represented our physical life here on earth. And then begins eternity, either in heaven with God or in hell away from God. And I want to fulfill God's plan for my life in this part. And I want to belong to him so that my whole future is changed. And he says, yet what you suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Have you been able to get over your past? Well, it's time to get over it. It's time to accept what Jesus has done for you. Uh, are you falling flat on your face every single day over things that you struggle with every single day? It's time to get over it. It's time to say no to that. Change the way you think and let his power transform your life. I mean, Jesus said in, in Revelation 22, one of the last things he said, he said, look, I'm coming soon. I am coming back. Tomorrow, a hundred years from now, whenever I am coming back and I'm bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I'm bringing your inheritance with me if you belong to me. And if you don't belong to me, I'm bringing your judgment with me. Let's close with one last verse words of Jesus because if you want real power to do God's will listen to this Jesus said if you love me if you say you love me then prove it obey my commandments because if you don't love me you won't obey my commandments but if you do love me obey my commandments now when you do that here's what Jesus says he will do I will ask the Father. I, I like the way Jesus talks. I will ask the Father and he will give you. Isn't that really cool? I mean, the confidence he had in his prayer life. Whenever, and, and you know what? You can pray that way. Whenever you pray according to scripture, whenever you pray according to God's will, you can pray with great confidence. I will confess my, when, when I confess my sins, he will forgive them. That's a confident prayer, and it's based on the truth of Scripture. When I confess, He will forgive. When I ask for His will, He will show me. When I ask for His power, He will give it to me. When I ask for direction, He will guide me. When I ask for his purpose for my life, he will show me. Those are, it's going to happen every time. That's praying with confidence. And Jesus prayed that way. I will ask the Father and he will 
give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. So if you're a believer, this prayer of Jesus is true for you. And you can trust that God answers the prayers of Jesus. So you can make this personal. You could say, Jesus, you asked your father to give me the Holy Spirit who would never leave me. And your Holy Spirit, he will lead me into all truth. That's praying this verse. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You, you know why you can share your faith with some? I, I mean, I've got friends. I've got family members. I've talked to them so many times about Jesus. And, I, and you've done the same thing with some of your family members. You've prayed for them. It's like, why don't, what is it they're not getting? Why do they say no? Why did they reject well, here, here's the reason. You can make this personal. You can say, my friend John cannot receive him because my friend John's not looking for him. My Uncle Joe cannot receive him because my Uncle Joe's not looking for him. And that's why they, they say no. You know, there's been a real shift in how people who are non-believers react. It used to be that if you talk to somebody who was an agnostic or even an atheist, and if you ask them the question, if there really was a God and really was a Jesus and he died on a cross and he was buried and raised from the dead, would you want to know about him if there really was one? And nine times out of ten, they would say, oh, yeah, well, of course I would. But, you know, that's not true anymore. You know what they say now? They say, I don't care. Even if God is real, even if Jesus really did die on a cross, even if he rose from the dead, I don't care. Wow. That's a real shift that has happened. And I think it's based on what this verse says. They don't see the truth because they're not looking for it. Because they don't care. If you want to experience the ultimate power as a believer then trust God at his, at his word that the ultimate power is already in you. And start living, as I began this, ministry, this message today, start living like you're a person of tremendous wealth because you are. You have an inheritance that's out of this world and encompasses the entire universe. Start acting like it.
Start living like it. That's the power that will allow you that will allow you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's pray.